I'll say this, when I first started, which the quote done is better than great is a real thing. Um, I was so focused on it being perfect. And it's like, you don't know what perfect is until you just start doing it. Because I mean, you can attest to that probably with Black Friday, you can go back and look at some of your stuff and you're like, whew, I come a long way. You know what I'm saying? My board did not look like this when I first started YouTube. Like, if you go back to that first video, you'll be like, girl, what was you doing? You know, like, <laughs> what was that? And it's just, when I look back, I just had to be myself. That excitement, like, I was containing it because I didn't know how to be, quote unquote. But it's just like, be yourself. This is what you love to do. Dive into it. And when I did, I really started flourishing in circle time. Like, I was just being myself. Like, imagine that these kids are sitting right in front of you. And you're singing and dancing with them. I wanted to introduce you all to Miss Erica Arnold of the Brilliant Scholars Academy. Welcome to the Black Friday's podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, everybody. Good, good. Happy to have you here and uh, wanted to give you the opportunity, of course, to invite us a little bit into your wor world. Let us know who Miss Erica is and then also tell us a little bit about the Brilliant Scholars Academy. Okay, so I am Erica and um, a little bit about my background. Um, Brilliant Scholars Academy came about... Um, basically thinking about the world we live in and um, how we all think that children should learn at the same pace because they're the same age or the same way because they're the same age. And it started as just like one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions where I created um, lessons for children specifically tailored for that child and what they like or where they are versus the age that they are. It started there and um, I'm very, very passionate about uh, education. I worked in childcare and in schools for a total of 10 years, maybe a little longer. And um, it just brings joy to my heart when kids are developing and learning that that primary age is just, it's so important. We hear that all the time, but it, it really is. We're really shaping the children and um, generalizing them just would always get to me. Um, so that's what made me like really want to do this. And then the switch over to YouTube, it's like, I wanted to do that because that's where it's at. That's what kids love. Kids love their tablets and their iPads and to make just some short videos for children to, to learn and engage, learn songs. They learn a lot through singing. So um, that was my goal to, to get the kids on track via, via YouTube. Amazing. And uh, we talked a little bit beforehand, and that's definitely where education is. Nowadays, you see any young kid, they got a tablet in their hands or they're on the computer, they're watching YouTube, they might be watching Sesame Street, anything that's mobile and accessible, mm -hmm. the parents are giving it to them uh, for them to be able to start learning, especially that early, <clears throat> excuse me, that early on education that they will be receiving so the work that you're doing definitely important and I want to dig a little bit more into that and uh, your background but before we do that my favorite part of Black Fridays I got to introduce you to it's called Freestyle Friday. <laughs> 
and it's a <laughs> it's a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you shouldn't get them wrong. And I just ask that you answer every question and you answer honestly. Okay. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Perfect. So, first one: Who was your favorite teacher growing up? Since we're talking about education. Mm -hmm. My favorite teacher, her name was Mrs. Hurd. I think it was my first grade teacher. Um, she was younger. She was black. She was sweet. Um, she always dressed cute. And she was just fun. And I don't know. Uh, some, of course, people love, like, the younger. Oh, when I'm a young, I love preschool. I love kindergarten. But, like, first grade, I felt like a big, a big kid. Uh, I really, really loved Mrs. Hurd, like. Her name, you know, you know, it's like when that teacher sticks out in your mind that like they mm -hmm. did something really bad or really good. And she was just like amazing. Dope, dope. And shout out to Miss Hurd. And then my favorite, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite teachers, Miss Henry. Shout out to Miss Henry um, for for being one of those impactful people in a young person's life. And also tell me your college major. Tell us what your college major is and are you using it in your current profession? Okay, so when I first started, um, I started at Oakland University and I went in to pre-nursing. That was my goal. Like, I want to be a pediatric nurse. Like, I could do this. Like, and when I was there, I ended up working at uh, a kinder care. It's a, it's a learning center or a daycare. And my whole mode just switched. Like I knew I wanted to work with children, but like after working in childcare, I was like, oh, this is actually dope. Like, this is fun. Like I enjoy being with these kids. I enjoy teaching them. And so I didn't, I never switched my, um, my major. Um, I came back home still working at, um, at kinder care, but down toward, closer to home. And I still tried to pursue nursing. Like, I don't know why my mind just didn't switch to like, why don't you switch to early childhood? Like, never did. No, I'm not, I'm not using, I'm not gotcha. using it at all. It was just like, and sometimes I still think about going back to teach, to school, to teach. And it's like, like I said, the, the money is just not there. So other avenue is what I'm trying to think of. Understood understood yeah. tell us the name of one of your playlists or your favorite playlist hmm. that's a good question um you saying like if i'm just zoning out just yeah like do you do you make your own playlist and do you give them sometimes names? i do but my favorite when I just grab my phone, I'll just say play Drake and whatever comes on, okay. like okay. Apple Music, I, I can zone out to that. Like I can make it through whatever if, if Drake is playing the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is a very important question, I feel like, because I think everybody should have a plan in case this happens. But let's say you win the Mega Millions, you win the lottery tomorrow. I need three things. The first three things that you're doing when you win. Um, saving, investing, and definitely giving some money to my family. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, that part is important because they definitely going to be on you. They are, but it's just like my support system is amazing. 
that would I would definitely feel like giving back to them in that way would be the best feeling ever. Like yeah, just having a support system, people that supported you through everything, like all of your ups and downs, definitely they need to be where I'm at. <laughs> all right. And then last but not least, Erica, I need to know what's your go-to dance move? Hmm. That's a good question, because I'm full of, hey, hey, so maybe I guess throw my hand up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do dance on circle time sometimes, so those are usually my go-to moves. I show them off on, on my channel a little bit. So if you really want to see it, you got to start watching the video. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, congrats to you. You successfully passed Freestyle Fridays. So hey. Thank you, thank you for engaging in the randomness and wanted to get back, get back more into your story. And I wanted to know if you could tell us about, so we talked about Brilliant Scholars, but you had mentioned Circle Time. So can you explain exactly what Circle Time with Miss Erica is? Okay, so um, the name of my channel, so I kind of just carried everything over since it's all based on um, childcare and teaching and everything. That's why I kept the name Brilliant Scholars Academy for my YouTube channel. Um, my YouTube channel is based, based off of circle time. So um, if you have children, if you don't have children, you'll probably learn a little bit if you don't know. Um, circle time is when you're when they're in school it's usually something that takes place in preschool kindergarten age and they sit down and they listen to the teacher um it's some engagement you ask questions you may read books at circle time for me youtube circle time this is my board this is what i use to teach the children mostly at circle time um they can learn letters numbers colors um i focus on also feelings um, I talk about feelings. I ask children, the children on my channel how they're feeling that day. Um, that's important. You know, they're, they're, they don't always have to be happy. And I feel like teaching feelings or talking to children more about feelings or um, encouraging them to express their feelings, no matter what they are, whether it's mad, sad, they don't always have to express when they're happy. Um, I feel like that's important. So I really stress that on circle time. That's one of the first things that um, I talk about on circle time. I ask them how they're feeling and I give them examples of feeling. So some of the examples can be happy or sad, but I also have a feeling of, do you feel loving? Like, do you want to hug somebody? Um, do you feel mad? Do you feel cool? You know, so there's different things that um, I ask them for them to feel comfortable talking about their feelings. Um, I think it's important because uh, as adults, we don't always feel comfortable telling people our feelings. And uh, I feel like if we learn that when we're really small, we'll be better at it as we get older and as we grow up. So uh, like I said, circle time, I do a lot of different things. Um, sometimes I engage in uh, different activities on circle time but I really focus on letters and letter sounds and numbers and counting objects and learning their colors and days of the week and months of the year and I sing a lot on circle time because kids love songs they don't care if you know how to sing I do not know how to sing <laughs> but they love it because that that is how they're learning they're picking up on it and although people some people may think oh it's just repetitive they're just repeating they're just memorizing it's like 
But then when they actually apply that later in life, they're like, oh, they think of that song that they sung like, oh, that's why I said that. Oh, that's why we're singing Sunday, Monday. Oh, it's the day of the week. So it all ends up coming together. It's just that foundation. So circle time is really like a foundation for children. Um, and that's why that's what my channel is based off of starting that solid foundation. Absolutely. And that's super dope because you're able to incorporate some of that social emotional learning that I think is left out a lot, especially in our education system for so many reasons. But then also uh, just even like the learning that they receive at home. That's not necessarily a thing that people really dig into for the reason that you said, like even adults don't even know how to deal with that and express their feelings. And so you can only imagine a child trying to understand like, well, why do I feel like this today? Or mm -hmm. why do I feel like this one minute and, and differently uh, the next minute? So I don't know if you had any yeah. thoughts on how or why we should be incorporating more of that into our, our young people, our children's learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know what? When I was first thinking about what I wanted circle time to be for me, um, because it's a couple of of YouTubers that do circle time. Feelings was important to me because I myself, um, I am I go to therapy. So I know how important it is to be in touch with your mental. Um, and then right now that I don't really dive into, into the feelings, just them expressing it is the start of, you know, I don't necessarily say, oh, this is why you feel sad or this is why you're happy. I just put the words out there and I show my expression. So when I do say the words, when I say happy, I'm smiling. When I say sad, I'm sad. When I say loving, I show what loving is or what mad is, what it can feel like or look like when you're mad. Um, I think setting that foundation, even when the child says that, it'll prompt the parent like, wait a minute, they're telling me they're mad? Like then maybe the parent can elaborate. That'll, give, that'll be a way for the parent to connect with them um, being mad or upset, like, oh wait, they're telling me they're mad. I need to under, you know, I need to explain to them what being mad is or how to deal with being mad. Um, but no, that's actually a good idea for a circle time. Like the so I go through my whole board and then after that I may teach a lesson. So one of the lessons may be about colors. Um, one of my uh, lessons for the week, and I I teach the same lesson the whole week because it's repetitive. So the child can kind of just get used to, so if we're talking about colors and mixing colors, I talk about that the whole week. So for example, the feelings, if I was to talk about like go in depth with feelings, like I may pick one feeling every day. So today we're gonna talk about being mad. When you're mad, you may feel like A, B, and C. And then when you are mad, you can do A, B, and C. So um, I may bring things in, bring items in to show or like pictures, like this is what somebody looks like when they're mad. This is what you may look like when you're mad. So I kind of just, just try to engage them and make it feel like I'm real. You know, I am in their home with them. So. And I was curious because when we were talking beforehand, I had mentioned like what you do is more like a uh, modernized version of Sesame Street. And I know that the reason why they've been so successful over the years, shows like that, Barney and other shows that cater to younger people is because like there's a certain science in terms of how children's brains work from ages like two to five. I can't remember mm -hmm. like the exact range, mm -hmm. but like how their minds are kind of like um, 
molded, so to speak. So I want to know if you knew about like, do you incorporate that intentionally into some of the stuff and the lessons that you do? Or um, is that not like a factor? Like, do you not, I, I, I guess I'm trying to understand more about like, what is that science? If it is a science as to like, how do we teach young people and how is, um, how are these lessons kind of like presented to them? And if you could like break that down for us, or if you're doing it just from a, a completely different approach. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting question sometimes. And we were, when we were talking beforehand, it was just like, I was just talking, I was just being me. And I feel like it's just in there. Like being a teacher, being, um, the, having this passion to work with children, like, Either you love it or you don't. And when you love it, you are engulfed in it. Like you, things just come natural. Like it may be a science behind it. I don't know if I could really, if I really sat down and tried to dissect it, you know, because it just really is natural to me. Like it really just comes out. Like I honestly, like I've kept in touch with, I'm Facebook friends with some of the parents that I think the kids are graduating high school now. And I had them when they were two or three years old and they still, I love you so much. Like, thank you. I had a parent where I had her son when he was an infant and she had me move. She asked, could I move to every classroom with her child? Like, it's just there. And and the kids know, like they, you know, you know how kids are. They know when somebody is like, mm, I don't know about you. They kind of just know. And I didn't know that that would be technically be a thing, like being via YouTube, you know, not being able to physically touch or see your teacher. But I get parents that email me all the time, like, my son loves you. My daughter loves you. Like, they request to turn you on. It's just like, I don't know that science because I'm literally just being myself. So that's dope. That's dope. if it is a science, I haven't pinpointed it yet. Um I do know some of the things like the singing, the excitement, like me being put, put my full energy into it. I'll say this, when I first started, which the quote done is better than great is a real thing. Um, I was so focused on it being perfect. And it's like, you don't know what perfect is until you just start doing it. Because I mean, you can attest to that probably with Black Friday, you can go back and look at some of your stuff and you're like, Ooh, I come a long way. You know what I'm saying? My board did not look like this when I first started YouTube. Like, if you go back to that first video, you'll be like, girl, what was you doing? You know, like, <laughs> what was that? And it's just, when I look back, I just had to be myself. That excitement, like, I was containing it because I didn't know how to be, quote unquote. But it's just like, be yourself. This is what you love to do. Dive into it. And when I did I really started flourishing in circle time. Like I was just being myself. Like imagine that these kids are sitting right in front of you and you're singing and dancing with them. So. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I don't think we touched on brilliant scholars yet because that is uh, actual, that's the name of your business. So I wanted to understand for those who may be interested, like what type of services do you offer for uh, brilliant scholars and then what are some of the like testimonials or success stories you've seen uh, in doing brilliant scholars so brilliant scholars academy started out um, as the one-on-one -on -one, the tutoring sessions or the learning sessions where I tailored those sessions to 
each child. Um, if I had two kindergartners, they had two totally different lesson plans because in my belief, they're on two different levels. They learn two different ways. Um, I was offering that service for years where I was doing the one-on-one. -on -one. I would meet up with them at a library. Uh, I ended up at, had, at home having my own space. So I was able to do my sessions at home, one-on-one -on -one with the child. The parents were able to drop their child off for an hour. I would never go any longer than an hour and a half because the attention span. I'm a firm believer in they have to be focused and the attention span has to be there. If we're going, because some parents wanted two, three hours and it's like, these kids don't want to sit in front of me for an hour. Try no, to that's, that's babysitting services at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did. And then when, when COVID hit, I started doing like the virtual. And some parents weren't fond of it because they didn't like virtual learning. They would say, oh, my child can't do it. But it's like, they never really gave it a chance because kids can really adapt a lot of times to different things. They may not like it with mom and dad or mom or dad, but with Miss Erica, it was cool. Like, yeah, I could do this. Or it was a couple of parents that did try it. And they're like, oh, I didn't think he would like it, but he's doing good. So right now I kind of tapered out of it. I haven't done one-on-one -on -one sessions with Brilliant Scholars Academy in probably about six months. Um, I was very booked. I was very, you know, I was nonstop. And with having a, a full-time job and doing that and doing YouTube, it just began to become very overwhelming. So that's when BSA or Brilliant Scholars Academy kind of shifted full-time to um, YouTube. Mm. Some of my past parents and families, like they'll still kind of like hit me up like, so you're doing, you know, you're doing those tutoring sessions again. And if they really, really need me, it's really hard for me to say, no, I'm really a sucker for like, the the students that I've had since they were small and the parents really you know rag on like no he will not listen to anybody else like I need you and I will kind of cave like okay if they need to call me for a question they can call me anytime and it was kind of just became a free service at that point but as far as like doing it full time like I was I'm not doing it anymore Gotcha. So you were able to transition to the digital and put the energy into the YouTube channel from the yes. actual in-person tutoring. Yes. And then sometimes, too, some of the parents would like, I would offer homework help. So I would do like 20-minute sessions or something like that. But I couldn't couldn't get back into doing the hour sessions again. Uh, it just, you know, it was a little time consuming. Uh, I still do, like, if the parents will message me like, oh, can you make me a worksheet for he's learning this? And I'll try to come up with something like that, but I can't do anything too drawn out with that. Gotcha. So, yeah. And transitioning to YouTube, I wanted to ask for you, what has your experience been like in terms of developing a YouTube channel, especially that's focused on younger people and uh, the, the little people of the world and wanting to see like, are you naturally a creative? Is this something that you had to learn how to do and flex new muscles? How did, what has your YouTube journey been like so far? Um, It's been two things. Well, it's been a lot of things, but two things that first comes to mind. It's been hard, but it's been fun. Um, It's been hard because you're relying, and I feel like any teacher can attest to this. You're relying on parents, ultimately. Um, you're relying on the parents to subscribe. You're allowing, uh, you're, you're relying on the parents to um, 
engaged. You're relying on the parents to say, you know, is this good? Is it bad? Is it working for my child? Is it not? Um, so that's been the biggest challenge for me. I think we were talking about that kind of beforehand where it's like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm doing great, but like my views are not really, you know, where I want them to be. So that part has been a little bit of a, um, a struggle for me, but I love doing it. So that's why I haven't stopped. I do, I do know people that are, or children that are getting um, a lot out of what I'm doing. So I haven't stopped. Bringing my son onto my channel was, uh, in the beginning, was one of the hardest things because he was so small, but he knew so much. And I just wanted, you know, oh, maybe the other kids would love to see him. And then I started to see a lot of the kids, uh, the parents saying, my son loves to see your son on YouTube. So I started bringing him on more. And now that he's older, he's gotten a lot more excited and better at recording with me. He's still a little like, eh, I don't really want to be on camera, but... Um, the way my setup is, I, I have my camera recording here, but I also have my TV so we can see ourselves while we're recording, which is the best design ever because, you know, you got to get the lighting right, the everything mm -hmm. right. So um, it's been a journey. Um, I'm, I'm just ready to be at that stage like, okay, I'm really growing here. Like I see yeah. my, my subscribers growing, but like my views and my numbers, like I'm ready for that to kind of go up. So I may have to switch it up a little bit, but I, I'm doing some brainstorming. And no, some we, different things that'll come. <laughs> no, when this come out, we we gonna get them, we're gonna get the views up. And then also okay. Okay. Yeah, the cheat code is definitely having your son in the videos. People love kids, especially on YouTube. It's kids making millions of dollars out here strictly off of YouTube. So yeah, you gotta you gotta get your son involved. And I watched one video uh, with y'all together and it was, it was so adorable. So, and I know young people too, when they see like other kids on the screen and like, yeah. Oh, like, look, look, look at him. So it's a, it's another um, pool in order to get their attention. Yes. And uh, speaking of where you had touched on parents a little bit, I wanted to know if you had any advice for parents in terms of how they can better work with their kids in terms of like that early stage learning. So maybe pre-K or like while they're in kindergarten or just working with your kids in general, even if they are in school, because I know how important that at-home learning is as well. Like even if you are the busiest parent, like how can you make sure you're taking that time to work with your kids? As parents, sometimes we feel like, you know, we send our kids to school and that's where we learn, but like their foundation is home. Um, that was another, you know, it's interesting you said that. That was another reason why I really wanted to do this because some kids don't start school, some early preschool, you know, daycare. Sometimes they just go straight to kindergarten. Um, and that was another reason why I wanted to do circle time. Some people homeschool. So this is a basis for them. Um, some parents, some child cares and daycares use my channel to start their day. Um, but some advice, is when you when you are tuning in to circle time or YouTube or learning period, even when the teachers are sending stuff home, try your best to just apply that stuff at home. Even if it's repeating, well, I don't really know how to teach. And I, I hear that so much. I don't really know what to do with them. I don't know how to teach them. And it's like, really what I'm doing when I'm up here is just pointing at things and reading it to them. Make up songs. They don't know, you know, they don't really, you know, 
they're like, I don't really care how you sing or because I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> but I get up here and jam and snap my fingers and that that excites them. Um being vulnerable to that too is like it makes them feel like, oh, okay, you know, showing them that other side of you really um melts them. Like you may not know it, but it's like, oh, they are kind of cool, you know. So just doing everything is a teaching moment like when you're out like you and your children are at school learning their colors reinforce that you're driving in a car oh what color car is that what color is that sign your, the world around you is such a teaching tool like every little thing like if you feel like oh we're just repeating the same things over i'm just showing them flashcards and because flashcards are a winner um, but showing them flashcards oh they're just memorizing this it's like no yeah they're memorizing this but when you go out if you're walking around the house whatever oh what is that what color is that what's that you know using your words talking to your children like like you and I are talking goes a long way people are so blown away at how my son Drew speaks but we I talk to him just like this so now he's able to, the words that he says He's just repeating what we talk about, you know, talking to him like, you know, like a baby, like, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But <laughs> when you speak to them, when you speak to them, how you want them to speak, that's how they're going to speak. Mm-hmm. Every My main um, point for this is like the world around us is a teaching object. So whatever you see, that's how you can teach your child. Don't feel like you have to, you know, say it in a certain way or, you know, oh, well, he's only two or three so I don't want to say it that no give yeah. it to them give it to them how it is because that they'll definitely pick up more and more from that so parents do not google gaga your kids to death when they are five years old just talk please, to them like they please, are regular especially people especially when they're five <laughs> please just please. talk to them like they are a human being yes like they are little people they're people they're just little mm-hmm. yeah so, Miss Erica, if the people wanted to get, if they want to watch YouTube, they want to soak up some of the knowledge for their young folks by watching the channel, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you, follow your journey, give us your handles, website, all that good stuff? Okay. So, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all Brilliant Scholars Academy. Um, it's under the same name. I actually have it on my shirt. <laughs> um but all under the same name and um then I also have my website my website was primarily for my learning sessions um but it's brilliantscholarsacademy.com yeah um I try to keep it across the board um my email address is a little different it's brilliantscholarsacademy123 um, at gmail.com but if you have any questions if you want any because I know you you know you were asking like what are some tips there are parents that sometimes reach out to me like what are some tips like what can I do and I'll send out you know tips like here and there um, I always get inquiries about my shirts if you want a shirt to represent um, you can um, just email me or hit me up on any of the uh, the platforms I'm available Dope, dope. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining the podcast today and being able to give us some gems on that early child learning. Also, how parents can be able to be more in tune and involved in their children's learning as well. And then also just uh, sharing your journey with us also or sharing your journey with us. 
And we really look forward to seeing the growth in the brand, the growth in the YouTube channel. And uh, I hope that you are able to continue to uh, pour into our our young folks, knowing that that's your passion. So yeah, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you all enjoyed and you got some good information. Yes, ma'am. So everybody listening, you already know how we do. We are going, I'm going to tune in with y'all next week. I'm going to tap in with y'all a little bit later. Appreciate y'all for watching.